Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Wow. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for January the 27th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide, and absolutely we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. By the way, (laughs) the the reason I'm clearing my throat and I sound so strange coming right out of the gate this morning is, you know, we interviewed those guys uh, a while ago uh, with this company called Clear, spelled with an X, Clear, Uh, and Clear... (laughs) Clear has this um, nose spray, if you will, or whatever it's called. And I'm telling you right now, man, you put that stuff in your nose and it, it'll clear you out, but it'll also gum up your throat a little bit. And so you, the recommendation is not, <laughs> not to use this spray right before you go on the radio. <laughs> anyway, strange stuff, but there you have it. Just so you guys kind of have an explanation of that. I know, very weird. Uh, but I'm not like one of those broadcasters that are polished and perfect and, and everything's just, you know, they've got uh, delays that you can put on radio stations. And then, you know, when I cough and, <clears throat> and do this and that, you know, all you got to do is just kind of press a button and dump the delay. Uh, and it can take out all that stuff and just sound perfect on the air. We don't do all that because we don't have delays. Um, you know what? You're getting us raw, real radio as it really is. <laughs> and since there's no delay, I mean, if I want to mute my mic and cough, I can do that, but it'll just be dead air while I do. So like this. See, I just coughed, but I'm gone because it's real time, right? Uh, with the delay, you can cough and do all that thing and you just dump your delay and people don't know the difference. And then you let the delay grow back up again and all that. Anyway, complicated, but there you have it. All right. News the network refused to use from yesterday. The recap starts now. Uh, we talked about this journalist, Peter Schweizer has a new book out now called Red-Handed. And the book really talks about how American elites get rich helping China win. And then they specifically talk about the Biden family, Hunter and Joe and crew, received around $31 million from individuals linked directly to the highest levels of the Chinese intelligence apparatus. Now, really, that borders on treason stuff, folks, but the sad thing is no one's even looking into it. Uh, the main, mainstream press too busy covering up for Joe, including the Republican side of the aisle, I might add. And uh, what they're talking about is, oh, my gosh, Joe called somebody an SOB. And uh, th- they're going to talk about that, not about treason, not about taking big money compromised as vice president back in the day under Biden. And then president now, Hunter, all in the mix, filthy lucre tied to communist Chinese intelligence, serious, serious crimes. Serious allegations by uh, the journalist Peter Schweitzer and others. Uh, and all I'm telling you is we're doing nothing about it. We don't care. In my opinion, it's a national security crisis of epic proportion. 
But, of course, they're not going to do a thing. The American Federation of Teachers. Yeah, this is the second largest teachers union in the nation. Believe it or not, it's rolling out a nationwide partnership with a, quote, news literacy tool called NewsGuard. And they say the goal is to protect and to champion legitimate journalism and fact-based reporting. It's a lie. These are the people that want to call the parents terrorists, right? Domestic threat terrorists. And now they want to run their own partnership news organization to literally shut down news like me and anybody else who tells you the truth, any truth tellers, and promote the mainstream dishonest press who double down in favor of teachers unions calling parents domestic threats and terrorists, right? So while Biden's in bed with the communist Chinese, while we're about to possibly insert ourselves into the middle of a war with Russia and Ukraine, uh, and while the teachers unions are calling Americans domestic terrorists, Ron Paul is wisely pointing out, forget the Russians. It's the Federal Reserve. And whether it's the mainstream media, the CIA, the FBI, or now the Federal Reserve, more and more Americans are waking up to the fact that, hey, the elite, right, the swamp, the deep state, whatever you want to call it, hey, Americans are waking up to the fact that the deep state And that deep state in America and its interests around the world have nothing to do with American liberty, ladies and gentlemen. The Fed needs to get out of the business of monetary policy yesterday. But, of course, they won't. The criminals won't. The Republicans will double down in defense of the Federal Reserve dishonestly, immorally, unconstitutionally, just as the Democrats will. That's why it's not a left-right, Democrat, Republican divide. It's a us against the deep state reality check. We talked about the stock market crash. I called it a triple whammy. Explains why stocks are down sharply in the nation. Inflation, stagflation is one item. The next one is the Fed will increase interest rates and threatening to do so as early as March. And the third one is threat of war. You got it. We talked about U.S. steps up effort to, quote, counter Russia-Ukraine threats. Russia-Ukraine, quote, U.S. orders 8,500 troops on to be on heightened alert. Shame on them for that. We need to stay out of foreign entanglements like the plague, ladies and gentlemen. Another conspiracy confirmed, by the way, how the plunge protection team rigs the stock market. Uh, and really the markets at large, not just the stock market, but how the uh, pledge protection team rigs the market. James Corbett report on that one. On August 31, 2019 is when he put out that report. I just briefed you on it now because it's so relevant as the stock market's been tanking all week, but the government continues to put filthy lucre, dishonest fiat currency money backing, uh, protecting the stock market from the route that would happen if they didn't do so. We also talked about the fact that the IRS will soon require taxpayers to submit a scan of their face in order to access certain features and tax records on their website. The change, they say, will force users to sign in to the IRS website through an account with a third-party firm called ID.me 
and provide a government identification document along with their photo, and then they say alongside a selfie to verify their identity. That's according to the IRS website. Now, here's the problem with all that. The IRS literally has been guilty of uh, and a victim to some degree of IRS hacked. Thieves steal personal information of 100,000 plus people. The question is, was your information stolen? You probably don't even know, do you? Now, they also say a scandal is brewing at the IRS. Katie Pavlik at townhall.com with this piece. Confidential tax information belonging to hundreds of Americans who happen to be some of the richest in the country has been released and published. They don't know if it was an inside leak or a hack or what caused that. But I, So I got two stories about the IRS being hacked, 100,000-plus Americans, and then unique wealthy Americans and their information being hacked. I don't know if you know, but it's illegal for the IRS to expose confidential tax information to the public. But they've done it. I gave you two examples right now, and now they want to add more personal data to their database via some third-party, untrusted, unknown thugocracy group? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to shut down the IRS. It's time to audit and abolish the Federal Reserve. Until we get these fundamental changes underway and complete in America, you will have the deep state against the people, and it will eventually lead to a war. Right now, it's a war of words. Right now, it's a war of ideologies. Right now, it's a culture war. Uh, You might call it a, what do you want to call it? A cold war? A soft war? Uh, But they're fixing to take it hot and make it hard. I don't want that. I'm not calling for that. I'm warning against that in hopes to avoid that, right? How much does the average American make, by the way? While these rich cats in the deep state get millions, you and I, well... Ivy League students, according to USA, think it's six figures for everybody, but it's less than half, or it's about half that. 51000 is how much the average American makes. You say, Sam, when I dig in, it's a lot more than that. Well, that's because you got to understand the difference between a medium income or median income uh, and the uh, average and uh, household versus worker versus, okay? It's complicated. But the average worker in America makes about $51,000. And I submit to you that if you take out the high, the rich cats, take out the low, the masses, you'll find the number will even change further. We talked about wheels, the little roadster that leaves a smile. Yeah, Miatas, people are loving them. But I mentioned to you that while those who have a lot of money play with these affordability cars, they claim, you can get a Miata for about twenty nine grand now, but the average used car, Sticker shock. The average used car in America now is $29,000. Way, way, way up from just a couple of short years ago. Why? Because of the COVID, don't you know? Yeah, they say there's a supply chain shortage due to the chip shortages. Therefore, new cars can't come onto the market because they got to wait for chips. Therefore, used cars cost-wise skyrocketing. Is that an accident or intentional? Yeah. Good question, huh? Quick pause, Brian. Rest with me. Honest Money Report in seconds on your radio. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? 
Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman welcomes Brian Rust of RustQuentinGift.com to the airwaves today. Brian Rust and family over the past 50 years has been working to educate customers about precious metals. What's the wise investment? Well, one of the greatest things Brian tells you that others don't is, hey, man, uh, you got to take possession of your metal because otherwise... Uh, when you need it most, you might not have it. You know what I'm talking about? RustQuentinGift.com. Welcome back, sir. Thank you much, Sam. Glad to be with you this morning. Hey, do you remember Jim Gaffigan, the comedian? Yeah. All right, guy's funny as heck. Here's what he says. <laughs> when I die, they're going to discover that I've had COVID my whole life. That explains why I'm tired all the time. <laughs> Uh, I dig it. Good. Jim Gaffigan's funny. <laughs> yeah, when I die, they're going to discover I've had COVID my whole life. That explains why I'm tired all the time. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and it just goes to show that's how they do it on the back end, too. He didn't even know he had COVID his whole life. He just knew he was tired. <laughs> and it reminds me of that great. comedian. That, it reminds me of that comedian that's like, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome to the broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. Brian Rust with me. We're talking the Honest Money Report. Where's gold sitting, sir? Uh, gold is uh, paper market right now is eighteen oh three twenty. Zero three twenty. Okay. That's down about forty four dollars from last week. So it's eighteen oh three twenty. Correct. Uh, Silver's twenty three dollars. Even. Yep. All so right. That's, that's down at dollar forty-five. 
from last wow. week. Wow, everything is down. Yeah. But here's what's kind of fascinating to me. The dollar's not doing very well. And I mentioned this yesterday. The stock market's a tanking. The uh, government has, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's called the Plunge Protection Team. And so the stock market has been melting down. It's been a rout, but the plunge protection team for the government with unlimited fiat fake money has uh, been propping it up, propping it up, propping it up. It reminds me of uh, prop me up beside the jukebox when I die. I want to go to heaven. I just don't want to go tonight, says the country song. Uh, they're doing that to the stock market big time. And as a, res- <laughs> as a result, Brian, uh, the plunge protection team is hard at work trying to prop up the economy. But what's fascinating is, is the dollar tanks and inflation and stagflation and all this starts to happen. As the dollar goes down, gold and silver typically goes up. So I'm wondering right. about the paper commodities market and the plunge protection team related to that. Because how does gold yeah, we're, and silver we're, go down while the dollar goes down? It doesn't make any sense. Well, we're looking at backward mark, uh, backwards uh, markets based to, you know, it irritates investors and has been for a while. Uh, and, and it's just nonsense. You know, these big, you know, if you look at what these big bankers are doing, there's, they're, uh, they've been storing physical metal. Well, why would they do that? They're making a tremendous amount of money on this paper game. And, uh, well, the writing's on the wall. And, and if we get caught up in this, and it becomes very irritating as, as people put money in and they're trying to invest and so on, and they just don't see it climbing. Well, that's, that's the game. I mean, the game is, is we're going to weed you out. We're going to weed you out of this game because we want you to rely on what we're, we're deciding for you. Not so much what we're doing. You know, we have insider trading. We have all this other stuff that we can do. But what we want you to do is to rely on us because we're really going to take care of you. It kind of sounds like me, you know, uh, you have – the, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, the Savior, and His plan here, and you got the, the Satan on His plan. And Satan's plan was always to, yeah, just here, I'll, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to, you know, you know, buy into my plan. It's kind of good. And then we kind of realize that plan kind of leads us down to hell. Well, that's kind of what their plan's doing is leading us down to hell if we sit there and uh, rely on them to kind of take care of us. That's why we need to take care of our own situation, be preparing ourselves uh, in all aspects. Because that's peace of mind. And so I think that's important to realize that not to buy into that plan because it irritates us. It, well, it's, why, why is it going up? It should be going up. It's, you know, this, the, the stocks are going down. Okay, well, that's just to weed you out. You get frustrated. You be, no, no i got to get out of this. It's not helping. Okay, well, yeah, you, you, you stay the course. And what happens when they tempt you to get out is then uh, prices fall further than they jump in and clean up at your expense, don't they? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I mean that. All right. Yeah, the fiat <laughs> car- currency is is a is an irritating game, and and as as we can see, you know, as we we go to the store and we look at all this stuff, you know, that it was two ninety nine, and now it's three ninety nine, and now it's four ninety nine, and well, that seems to be rising and you know and then and a lot of people can't you know when they're the money for the groceries is doubled and increases and so on they just can't you know they they have a it's like a noose around their money uh, choking out the ability to sustain them so it becomes stressful and scary but you know i think if we peace of mind basically is is to tuck a little away and and continue to tuck a little away and and uh preparing as you can i think so all right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. There's an interesting headline I want to throw out to Brian, too, with regards to... Oh, by the way, first off, before we get there, what about that rodeo, man? How's Kurt doing? 
Uh, rhodium's up hundred dollars, uh, seventeen thousand seven fifty. So, All right, so you got to have a lot of rhodium to make a bunch of money there right now. Right, palladium actually jumped two hundred and twenty up, so that that jumped wow. up, but uh, silver and gold have kind of dropped. So yeah, that paper game. <laughs> All right, there's the Honest Money Report, ladies and gentlemen. But we continue because uh, the Fed now opens debate on digital currency. Do they really want to debate this with us, Brian? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the headline says the Federal Reserve issued a paper on the pros and cons, listen carefully, of a central bank-backed digital dollar. Okay. okay, so they're not just baiting digital currency. They're debating here the pros and cons of a central bank-backed digital dollar. And they say it's a first step that will, quote, kick off the discussion. And they say the Federal Reserve, um, I guess, took the first step towards uh, a serious examination of a central bank digital currency and they released a report on Thursday that examined the idea, Brian. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know uh, what to think of that. I it, told y'all it, that coming? eventually they would jump in and control it all, Brian. I, I've been that's telling right. people that for a long time. I'm the don't dip your toe in the crypto guy because, well, you might get rich short term. You might get lucky. It might be like the gold rush. You might get that whiskey, women, and gold for a little bit. But day in and day out, it ain't there, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, it uh well, like you say they're not they're not going to just allow any of this 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 game, this monetary game not be out of their reach or uh, a controlling aspect. So too much money in it. Uh they they've proven that. And so Yeah. Now they say they open the door to discuss the cost. They want open public comment. And they say this long-awaited report's really good. You want to know why? Because the Fed avoided taking sides, Brian. Oh, neutral. Yeah, and they set out a list of arguments, they say, for and against a digital currency. But then they pose questions that they say will, quote, shape the debate. And how do you not take sides (laughs) but pose questions that will shape the debate, Brian? That's right. Seems like you're kind of in control of the the debate, aren't you? Aren't you? I'm kind of stupid. We're not going to pick sides, but we're going to pose questions that control the shape of the debate. They say we look forward to engaging with the public. Yeah, they want to talk to a broad range of stakeholders, they say. Now, you're a stakeholder, Brian? No, but that's what we need. Maybe I better get in. Maybe, maybe well, if I you're not a stakeholder, to... we don't want to I... hear from you. Well, man, I, I got to voice my opinion. I got to get into the game, don't I? Well, you got to do more than that, buddy. You got to be a digital currency <laughs> mogul to be a stakeholder. And then oh. in that, we want to hear from you. Otherwise, we don't even want to hear from you, Brian. They wow. say as we so examine to... the positive negatives of a central bank digital currency in the United States. Now, the whole push of the digital guys has been... It's not centralized, Brian. Isn't that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Now, all the digital currency guys, all the crypto guys are like, man, this is incredible. It's non-centralized. It's decentralized. Governments can't know, can't control it, can't, can't, can't. Now they want to debate. <laughs> they don't want to pick sides. They just want you to know that we're talking about a central bank-controlled digital currency. And um, if you're a all stakeholder, right. we want to discuss it with you. But the other side of that statement is if you're not, shut up and go away. Jerome's yeah. pal, the Fed chair, said in a statement, hey, we want to know about the centralized digital currency discussion. Now, that, to me, um, is controlling the debate big time. If we start out with a central bank-backed digital currency, I mean, I don't even know what we're debating anymore. Hold on. Brian Rust with me. RustCoinandGift.com on Liberty Roundtable Live. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Who's next at the Supreme Court? White House spokesperson Jen Psaki won't say whether or not Biden would consider nominating Vice President Kamala Harris to the Supreme Court. Just under two years ago, candidate Biden said he would nominate a Supreme Court justice based on gender and skin color. Again, I'm not going to speak to uh, any considerations, preparations, lists. And as we've stated earlier, and you heard the president say, uh, it is there's a long history of Supreme Court justices determining when uh, they may retire, if they retire, and announcing that. Uh, and we're going to, uh, that remains the case today. A 16-year-old teen and a 27-year-old man have been charged in the weekend murder of 8-year-old Mexico immigrant Melissa Ortega in Chicago as she walked down the street with her mother. The boy, who is believed to be the shooter, was charged with first-degree murder and attempted murder. He will be charged as an adult. Javier Guzman, who is driving, has also been charged with multiple counts. USA Radio News. You need an accurate thermometer to check for fever, a potential sign of flu or COVID. Be vigilant and contact your medical provider at the first sign of fever. Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Exergen Temporal Scanners are available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. Cars that sound like this trust Pennzoil Synthetics to protect their engines in extreme conditions. Top racing teams know that Pennzoil Synthetics give them the performance to help them succeed. And your car's engine deserves the same. Because your daily commute is no less important. Get complete protection for top engine performance, just like the pros. Visit Pennzoil.com slash rebate to save on Pennzoil Synthetics. Terms apply. One hospital says too bad for you if you're on a heart transplant list in the era of a pandemic. A 31-year-old father has been removed from the heart transplant list at a Boston hospital because he will not submit to a COVID-19 shot. DJ Ferguson was first on the list to receive the transplant at Brigham and Women's Hospital, but administrators removed him after he declined the shot. Tracy Ferguson, DJ's mom, saying... He's not an anti-vaxxer. He just wants proof that it's not going to cause further harm in an already compromised body. That audio courtesy of ABC's Good Good morning, America. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. A report from the Chinese Foreign Ministry says China is demanding the United States end interference in the Beijing Winter Olympics. 
In an apparent reference to a diplomatic boycott imposed by Washington and some of our allies, Foreign Minister Wang Yi made the demands in a phone call with Secretary of State Anthony Blinken on Thursday, Beijing time. USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Brian Russ with me, RussCoinandGift.com. So it's, it's kind of funny. It reminds me of how Mike Reagan, uh, Ronald Reagan's uh, son, used to do a talk show, and he always used to say, I'm here and you're there. Oh, good, good thinking there, Mike. And so I'm Sam, and he's Brian, and you're you. I just want to make sure you knew all that, right? Uh, but you got to kind of get <laughs> that here. straight in your mind. And the reason you got to get that straight in your mind, Brian, is because I'm telling you this is topsy-turvy. So let me give you kind of a comparison. They say Mr. Powell, chairman of the Fed, had previewed that the report would be forthcoming in May 2021. So it's taken him almost a year to get this dude out. And they say central banks from Sweden and the Bahamas and China are experimenting with digital currency offerings right now. Fueling concerns, they say on Capitol Hill that the Fed might fall behind the competition. (laughs) Now, let me just stop you there for a minute now. I don't understand this debate. The more words I hear from Powell and these other clowns, the more I don't understand. Let me give you a comparison. I'm going to use home ownership as the comparison. Hey, we want to have a debate about home ownership, Brian. And we want to have a debate about the federal government owning everybody's homes, but... Uh, They'll partner with you. The government's name will be on the home, and you'll be on the home. So it'll be central government home ownership in your name. And we only want to hear from homeowners about this discussion. Uh, And there you go. Should we talk about home ownership, Brian? (laughs) Like, what the heck? You were talking about the government owning my home, and I have to have a home to even be in the debate. And when it gets all done, what? Yeah, they say breakneck innovation in the private sector is what Joe Powell's talking about. Um, They suggested that the Fed, they say, a key, quote, financial regulator needs to understand budding digital private payment technologies. Whoa, they may not be digital private uh, payment technologies very long. They say central bank digital currency would basically be electronic cash, Brian. Yeah, which is kind of what they're – aren't they pushing for, uh, you know, basically that electronic uh, monetary system, removing any kind of other currency? Yeah, because then when we print the next $100 bill, Brian, it costs us $0.02 yeah. cents now to create a $100 bill, and so that's pretty expensive. What we're going to do is do the digital currency so that it costs us nothing. Well, what about costs are too high. Those machines that run the the, the digital machines. isn't that uh, isn't there some cost to the? All you gotta do is get a government loan for that, Brian. Oh, okay, that's that's yeah. all right. That's... I'll just I'll just basically digitally create the money that it takes to cover the cost of that. That's not really a problem, Brian. <laughs> see? Right. You see it's it's all work. good. Now check this out. <laughs> they say while consumers already use digital currency or digital money when swiping a credit card. Or making online purchases. I want you to know, Brian, listen. That money is actually backed by the banking sector. 
So that's why I, I tell you don't dip wow. your toe in the crypto. You got to understand, even when you do that, that money is backed by the banking sector already. Right. Now, a Fed version would be backed by America's central bank, just like a U.S. dollar bill. Correct. Now, can you understand yeah. what I just told you or not? <clears throat> yeah. Because I can't. I, I think, the, well, I, I understand the fact that they, in order for them to have the control, they've got to get in the game, right? So is that is that why... They want to join forces with those already uh, looking into this, these other countries and these other central banks uh, across the world. Well, they, they better be in, in, in a good spot so that they can talk the talk and, and actually control the walk maybe. I, you know, that maybe that's the key. We don't want to lose our power as far as the monetary system. We, we've got to have that control. Yeah, on so everybody else. I understand that part. What I don't understand, though, is if they say that when I swipe a card, when I then it's backed by the central bank already. But then they say with regards to digital currency, we need to make sure that it's backed by the dollar as well, which means it's not right now, right? So what is it backed Correct. by, and where does that money come from, and who created it? See, how dumb am I, Brian? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I don't think you're dumb at all. I <laughs> think yeah, it's a it's a nice twist out there for us to, to yeah, Sam. To if you just tighter. had a degree in economics, you could understand these complicated <laughs> issues. There, Sam. Problem is, you're just redneck, stupid. Think you know everything. There. That's right. Given the U.S. That's currency's right. dominance, dominant position oh, in quote go. global finance, the there Fed has been clear that it's moving slowly and carefully, Brian. As it weighs a digital dollar. Yeah. Careful, slow, cautious. They want to make sure to preserve wealth there, Brian. And officials, they say, have emphasized that they would not move forward without congressional approval. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So you got to understand they're obeying the law, Brian. Yeah. Now, what I don't understand is how is that obeying the law, though, to have a currency? Uh, that's going to go from one fiat to another, backed by fiat. So you're going to have a fiat backed by a fiat, right? Uh, but they're not going to do it right. without congressional approval because they don't want to break the law. But the law, the supreme law, says we can only use gold and silver, Brian. Right. So they've been breaking the law all this time. So I guess we should believe the fact that they're going to just stay within the realms, which they haven't done for years. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. I understand. It's all, they're it's not- all making it's all, all making, making sense. sense. <laughs> They're not going to move forward, though, Brian, without approval from Congress. And they say without clear support from the executive branch as well, Brian. Yeah. It's, they, and, if, and if they don't quite get it, they're, they're going to make sure they've got it or something to that effect. Well, kind Doesn't of. Seem... <laughs> That's kind of until you read the next se- se- sentence, Brian. You ready? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Let's... They say ideally – in the form of a specific authorizing law. That's what the report noted. So oh. um, it's not for sure they're going to do it based on the law. It's, that would be ideal. Oh, okay. See, but if Congress and the president are too stupid to go along, and the world's leaving us behind, 
that we need, we may just be forced to preserve the strength of the global dollar to jump in anyway, Brian. After all, all right. we're independent, don't you know? We're not going to make this political. <laughs> we're independent, by golly, and we don't want to get left behind, you see. So ideally, uh, it would be the you know proper way, but if not, then, well, researchers from the central bank outlined how a digital currency could offer benefits and entail risks such as a currency, they say, could provide a safe digital payment option for households and businesses as the payment system continues to evolve, Brian. Okay, well, now it's uh, you're painting a beautiful picture, Sam. You ready to it's, dip it's your toe good. into crypto, bro? <laughs> I, I'm trying to, I might have to get in the game. Yeah, otherwise, I'm, I'm going to miss the meeting. You want to know the cool part? Yeah. This may result in yeah. faster payment options between countries, Brian. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's good. Well, let me ask you about the other side, though. If they don't like, if they don't kind of like where I'm at or something like that, it, is there a possibility that they can push a button and kind of wipe out my account or or lock it down or? No, that, never, that, Brian. Okay, so that would be dishonest on that side. Absolutely, okay. unless it was a necessity. Okay. Unless I'm some kind of a terrorist or something, or well, a domestic uh, threat. I mean, you went to your school board. That's and what I told them you weren't happy. Yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, right, if you're off right, the rails right. like that and you're a criminal, then well, we got to stop criminals, Brian. Now they say yeah. this could bring yeah. up policy questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have any policy questions yet, sir? Because we're in this debate now. I've got a lot of policy questions. I'm not quite sure about. So yeah, they say this about its effects on the financial sector that's one question the effects on the financial sector imagine a question like that brian we're going to do a digital okay. currency we want to know the effects on the financial sector <laughs> what are you talking about it's going to have mammoth effect then they say this they also want to know about the costs and the availability of credit brian oh so we can get some credit, maybe. Darn right, buddy. We can create digital credit for you, my friend. We'll create it out of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll go ahead and lend it to you at high value, high dollar. We'll charge interest. It'll be phenomenal. And they say, but they that also got to worry about the, the safety and stability of the financial system is in a, one of those questions, too. Not to mention the efficacy of monetary <laughs> policy. The Fed uh -huh. paper also seemed to slam the door. On some possibilities. I'll tell you about those in a second, Brian. You ready for this debate? All right. Sure. I know you haven't said much, but you're not you're not a crypto guy, so you don't get to talk. Hang tight. Liberty Roundtable Live. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. 
And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. Yeah, live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. Brian Russ, Sam Bushman, talking about this. Fed opens debate on digital currency, ladies and gentlemen. But I say their dishonestness all get out. We're talking about central bank-controlled digital currency. And we only want to hear from those who are actually invested in the currency already. Now they say, hey, we want to jettison this idea, shut down this idea. So we're not really debating or picking sides, but we're going to tell you it's central controlled. Uh, it's Federal Reserve. It, you know, we only want to hear from certain people in the debate. Now they say this. They want to shut down the idea, Brian, that a central bank digital currency could be created alongside consumer bank accounts at the Fed. See, they don't want to do that. Okay, well, then I don't understand what would they do, Brian, if they don't do that. Can you help me with that? Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to wrap my arms around it here a little bit. I'm not really sure, but uh, you're not ready you, for the debate, think? are you, Brian? I'm We've not, been working I'm at it prepared. for a year uh, and wrote our paper, <laughs> and now you're brought into the debate here, and you're kind of caught flat-footed. I wonder why. <laughs> I'm trying to wrap my arms around it. Yeah, they say this is something that Democrats and. Uh, prior institutions have kind of advocated for but no we're not doing that okay now the law behind the fed they say does not authorize quote direct federal reserve accounts for individuals okay so you can't have a direct federal reserve account brian oh we're not part of the, the team well you are you just can't have a direct federal reserve account my friend Oh, okay. All right. Because that, the, you know the problem with that, don't you, Brian? You know the big problem with that, why they won't do it? Well, why won't they do it? They're looking out for you, bro. Because it would, oh, okay. it would create a significant expansion of the central bank's role, the paper said. They're not going to do that. They're not trying to take power, Brian. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, such accounts that need to be operated by banks and other service providers. Absolutely. So they just want you to know in this debate, buddy, they're not taking any more they're, power, okay? 
they're smart. They're really kind of smart. They don't yeah. want okay. Yeah, no more like power. Rely on them. Because yeah. the, the yeah. deception is we have all the power already anyway, so we don't need to take any more from you, Brian. Oh, good point. Yeah. Good point. They say commercial banks, for their part, have been worried that the creation of a, quote, central bank digital currency and what they call a Fed account could take away their deposit base and upend their business model, Brian. Oh. Fed's not going to do that that to you, sir. Right, right. Yeah, the paper might not address all their concerns, but don't. Well, it'll calm worries. Yeah, we can create a digital currency that'll mitigate the disruption of the banking system as it currently stands, Brian. Now, I thought the whole goal of the digital currency guys was to disrupt that, Brian. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that what they always say the whole goal was and is to the it's digital currency craze in the first place? Isn't it a bait and switch or something? Huh? We we got a, and we thought that was. <laughs> Yeah, Sam Bushman, dumber than a doornail, man, just going into this debate all redneck and clueless. But every single thing, Brian, that the digital currency people claim their goal is, uh, is circumvented by this, quote, Fed jumping into the mix, creating this debate, setting the stage, laying out the parameters. We're going to keep the Federal Reserve in charge. We're going to go ahead and protect your private sector, making them feel like the banks are in charge. So we're going to let downstream clowns make plenty of cash. We're going to do the digital currency centralized when the whole goal was decentralization. We're going to go ahead and back it, but we're not going to give you bank accounts directly. We're going to leave the middleman in place. Uh, And we're going to go ahead and most importantly, um, well, we got to be the king in this digital currency. So we're being patient as we let everybody else kind of try and fail and, uh, you know, skin their knees and and make the mistakes along the way. Let those other countries do that. Uh, And then we'll sweep in on the back end and do it perfectly, Brian. But understand, we're only going to do it through Congress and the executive branch. That would be ideal, but we're going to do it anyway if we have to because we're the digital (laughs) dollar, quote, king. We're the master currency globally around the world, and so we have to, Brian. It's a matter of, well... It's the only national moral security. thing to do, Brian. National security. That's oh, right. is that? <laughs> Seems like they're holding all the cards. Isn't that? I guess right, now, would, you, would you like game. to say something in this debate, Brian? Well, I, I don't know what to say now. They hold all the cards. I, I, okay, I guess. Uh, we don't really we'll hold all the in... cards, Brian. We're opening the discussion. Well, we want well, to hear that... from the public. Well, okay, but it seems like they. they... <laughs> They've got, isn't it a power thing? Don't they continue to hold the, they don't want to make, you know, let us make mistakes, but they're going to, they're going to, yeah, okay. Is there a ah, digital currency, that. Brian, completely backed by constitutional currency? What's that? Is there a digital currency anywhere 100% backed by constitutional currency? Not that I know of. The only thing I know is that the United Precious Metals Association has what's called liquid gold, and they do have um, some kind of a digital way to represent dollars backed by money, whether it's 100% of the details to which I don't know and how far it goes along the uh, blockchain of crypto and some of these things I don't know. 
but that's the only anecdote that has a prayer to be real. In other words, to have the modern ability to buy and sell and trade online and do business everywhere in this digital world we live in, but yet have some modicum of uh, reality-based currency, Brian. It's the only uh, thing we have left except for taking specific physical possession ourselves uh, of the metals. Um, that might be the closest thing we could get to. If we're going to have a debate about that, I would say if the digital currencies are backed by you know, money and uh, by the U.S. dollar or whatever other currency, um, I would like to back one by gold and silver. Even though you're not taking possession, uh, it would at least have a modicum of honesty or to some degree have a chance or a prayer of as long as you made it truly backed. It might be the next best yeah. thing, right? It's possible. The problem, the problem I've I've seen over the years, and I've seen some of these depositories. You deposit it in here, or so on. Now it's not maybe like an account type, like a bank account, but if the physical is is put in somewhere and it's held in the depository, I've just seen uh, too many times of of uh, now it's here and now it's not, and so that's that's my. My biggest issue is the fact of, okay, if you have it in your own possession, you're not relying on somebody. You don't have to call somebody else to pull out that, you don't, you know, you're relying on somebody else to, to, uh, come up with your stuff when you need it at that given time, as well as everybody else is calling as well. I, I just, I don't know if I'm the fan because I've seen where they've closed these depositories, everything that, well, what they thought was there is no longer there. Uh, greed or whatever causes the fact of of somebody shutting it down and taking whatever possessions that there were, but yeah, I just I'm you know if we have it in our hand, we walk down the street, we make a trade. You know, you've got this, I've got this. Uh, let's 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 make a deal. So I, I you know I, and it that's that's what I've seen that seems to work the best. So oh, you just burst my bubble, Brian. <laughs> Sorry, man. I thought I was on to something cool, man. <laughs> Well, you're telling me that if it's it. going to be if it's going to be real, it's got to be real. And if it's going to be asset based, it's got to actually have assets to it and stuff like that. Uh, you just man. Now, what do I yeah, do? Yeah, Sorry. Well, you pick yourself up. Brian wants <laughs> real money to be real. Listen to this guy. I mean, come on. How am I going to scam the system like that? Yeah. How am I going to rip you off with that kind of a deal? Right. I don't want to be ripped I, I, off. <laughs> oh, I, I, I just was trying to set you up for the fall. See, that's the point that we're getting at, ladies and gentlemen. I agree with Brian completely. This is a little bit of a um, fun a way to approach this debate in reality. Look, you cannot translate it to digital because if you do and you don't have possession of the metal, you don't know if they've got it lockstep value for value. You don't know if they're just fractionalizing. Hey, I got a, an ounce of gold here worth two thousand uh, dollars, but I'm going to lend out ten thousand, or I'm going to have ten thousand dollars rallying around that in quote the digital world. You don't know if they've got the relationship locked down. You also don't know if they have actual possession of the gold they claim or silver they claim they have. And you can never know unless you audit it literally every second. You can't know. Therefore, the potential always is. Well, I know we told you we were backed. I know we told you we were FDIC or whatever insured. Uh, by the taxpayers, you know, bent over the barrel by a government gun. I, I understand. But, see, there's no way to ensure that. The only way is if you really have real asset 
for asset in your hand all the time. In other words, honest weights and measures is how the Bible puts it, Brian. There is no other way, sir. No, that's exactly right. That's kind of the the game that's being played and has been played for years. I mean, we, I don't, you know, we don't have the trust in, in our leaders, you know, Oh, Fort Knox, it's holding all this. We backed our money. We're, you know, it's like we've balanced our budgets. There's no balance in the budget. We don't have any trust. We don't, in my opinion, we don't have anything at Fort Knox and, uh, you know, that's this game that they, they continue to play, but Hey, trust us. You can trust us. Well, look where we're at right now in trusting you. So, I mean, it's it's just a it's it's a mess. So, I got good news, Brian. What's that? If you go for this digital currency plan, my friend, I can save you fifteen percent on your car insurance. <laughs> well, <laughs> now you're talking. <laughs> see, see what matters, Brian. Yes, I got it now. Now, oh, all right. We, I feel I'm better. just saying, what an interesting. <laughs> proposal for a debate by the government isn't it typical of government ladies and gentlemen to hold all the cars the cards create create this pretend assumption of really discussing and listening and um you know open uh, dialogue and, but yet when they really lay it all out there's nothing to debate the fact is they're going to buy hook or by crook have a digital centralized controlled currency that's going to mirror the dollar so that they remain dominant globally and they're not going to take no for an answer, sir. You got that? Now sit down, shut up. That's it's it. coming. Now you can either vote right. for it or you can go kicking and screaming, don't care. Would like it. Ideally, you would vote for it, Brian, okay? Right. See, it's that kind of a debate that the federal government has just opened on digital currency. Why do I say that? Because every single tenant of the digital currency folks now would be destroyed. Government can't access it. It's a blockchain that's decentralized but if the government controls it you won't be able to see every entry you won't be able to see how they put money into the system how do they propose to put money into the system right now you got a bit you got a bit mine it with your computer in some way or whatever how would they propose right. to insert money into the system they'd be the only ones to add new money to the system right Ryan? amen that's central control see every tenant of the digital currency proponents um, would be violated in this plan. So let's have a debate that's about right. that. Then everybody that's says, right. no, we don't think that's good. We're not doing that. And then the government says, well, yes, you are. Well, as long as I can save 15% on my car insurance, I'm in. <laughs> Brian, thank you so much, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want an honest money advocate, Brian Rust is your man. Rustclinic.com. Godspeed, sir. Hour one of the can, hour two coming up, Pete Sepp on your radio, and then a surprise guest for the second hour of Liberty Roundtable Live, God Save the Republic. Broadcasting live. From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts 
I should say continues now. This is the broadcast for January the 27th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our two of two and our goal always to promote God, family, and country and to protect life, liberty, and property and to do so in the traditions of our founding fathers. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And I've got good news. Our buddy Pete Sepp with us. He's president of the National Taxpayers Union, NTU.org. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Always great to be here. All right. There's so much to talk about, Pete. We're now finally uh, through all the holidays. Uh, we're through <laughs> all the end of the year stuff. We're, we're back uh, the first week. Everybody's kind of gearing up. and But now we're all back and ready to rock and roll. What does 22 look like when it comes to uh, the protection of taxpayers, the reality of taxes, the spend and belligerence of who knows who? And uh, what, what does the landscape look like right now and where do we sit? Well, it's a very interesting situation. Of course, the United States Senate could not push through the Build Back Better plan from President Biden. We've already spent since the beginning of this pandemic upwards of $6 trillion in uh, deficit-financed budgetary adjustments uh, related to COVID and the economic recovery. Uh, We were about to spend uh, anywhere between a a trillion and a half and uh, three and a half trillion more, depending on how you estimated the cost of Build Back Better. That was shelved. And we always knew that there would be a second bite at this apple, that uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer would not take the defeat of this bill lying down, that Joe Manchin, one of the holdout Democrats, the senator from West Virginia, still agreed with many parts of that multi-trillion dollar Build Back Better plan. So Senate Democrats are still negotiating, trying to come up with what they think will be a smaller package. And I'm putting smaller in air quotes, even though you can't see me doing that, Sam, because in Washington, D.C., Smaller still means around a trillion extra dollars. That's all going to be either added to the national debt or heaped directly upon taxpayers in the form of higher taxes or both. And as we've discussed, it really doesn't matter in the long run whether all of this new spending is financed by higher taxes or more borrowing because borrowing is nothing but taxes on a future class of Americans. Not only is it taxes on a future class of Americans, but it's taxes with interest, right? Mm-hmm. Because, look, you're not just going to borrow course. that money with no interest, right? That's right. And interest rates are about to go up. We just heard yesterday Federal Reserve officials saying, well, we're going to keep rates where they are now, but watch out for our next meeting of governors because we're going to start ratcheting rates up very, very soon. Uh, Financial markets are already starting to react to that. And once interest rates start going up, two things happen. The cost of new borrowing is certainly going to get higher. The cost of servicing our monstrous national debt will also get higher. And that's going to start crowding out other budget items. You see, this is a vicious circle. You borrow the money. It sits there with the principal But the interest keeps accumulating. Once those interest payments are due in the next federal budget, 
there's less money for other spending items, so they borrow more. And it just goes around and around and around. This is how countries get into financial trouble, and we are deeply in trouble. My headline says the uncertain future of Build Back Better. Uh, That's really what we're talking about, right? Yes, yes. And I think that some of the very same fundamental issues that separated Democrats within their own political party in Congress and between Republicans and Democrats in Congress are still there. That's actually a fortunate thing for taxpayers. It's not as if they can necessarily square the circle in bringing back um, more uh, deductions for state and local taxes in states that tax their citizens too much. Uh, You can't really split uh, the difference there. Uh, It's not as if they can necessarily um, bring an entire new climate program agenda online without spending at least a hundred billion or more a year on a thing like that. It's not as if you can expand Medicaid very efficiently uh, without ex- uh, spending again somewhere between seventy-five and a hundred billion dollars additional per year. You know, you can cut it back somewhat, but at base, if you want to do those things, if those are the Democrats' priorities, they're going to have to spend a minimum amount and. Uh, We're going to be there arguing on Capitol Hill that enough is enough. We need to be spending less, not more. We can certainly ought to agree, though, that we need to hold the line where we are. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It is an uncertain future of Build Back Better. Uh, The Democrats have, to some degree, uh, held Joe to account for some of this, his massive spending plans uh, have one been delayed, 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 put on a shelf, as Pete wisely points out. But not only have they been put on a shelf, but as they put it on a shelf, they've also dwindled, dwindled, dwindled the hopes of the whole plan being implemented. So no matter what, uh, we're slimming down Build Back Better. Uh, a bare bones Build Back Better is what we might be talking about, uh, if at all, right? That's right. I still think that taxpayers can win this, Sam. We need to just keep up the pressure on our lawmakers. And frankly, listeners in West Virginia and Arizona right now still need to be getting in contact with their Democratic senators, uh, Joe Manchin, Kristen Sinema, um, Mark Kelly in Arizona, and thanking them for taking a cautious stance on moving forward with Build Back Better. It's very important that they recognize there are constituents um, who may or may not have voted for them, but who all applaud their course right now, which is take it slow. We really have to be certain that the United States doesn't reach a horrible tipping point with its debt and gets into a situation where we have spiraling inflation even worse than we've got now or a decline uh, in the value of our currency that's precipitous, not just eaten away by inflation, crashing markets. I'm not here to be a doomsayer, but the problem is no country that borrows over its limit realizes it's done so until it's too late. We don't ever want to test that problem. When we say before it's too late, I think that's really something to understand here. 
The reason we don't know if it's too late is because we don't know who might call a halt to the con game and demand payment on the debt or what they might try to extract as collateral uh, for us to move forward. Uh, we don't know um, at what point the inflation uh, will run amok and be unstoppable, if you will, because really the currency right now is a confidence discussion. Uh, if the world holds America's dollar uh in a confidence situation, they have confidence in it, in other words, holding the value there, then okay. But if, if people lose confidence and people start dumping the dollar on all sides, uh, it can become kind of a vicious, I don't know what you want to call it, jackals attacking the query or query kind of a discussion, right? Yeah, absolutely so. And And again, we can't ever get ourselves in that situation and just the slightest signals could somehow send to somebody the message that the United States is never going to dig out of this hole. And that's a, another reason why even modest progress toward reducing the national debt, slowing the spending, even saying we're not going to borrow as much as we thought we would this year. Those are all important signals. We don't have to say we're going to cut government spending in half next year. Um, we don't have to say we're going to reduce the national debt from nearly $30 trillion to $20 trillion over the next couple of years. We just have to say, here is where we start. We're going to gradually cut back federal spending, maybe adopt Rand Paul's penny plan. We're going to slow our borrowing rate. Instead of borrowing a trillion a year, we're going to start borrowing 800 billion a year and then seven and six and five in the future years get on the right path i wish we could be much more uh, radical much bolder with getting government under control but the situation right now demands us to think rationally think realistically and just start taking small steps and that's really the point. Congress uh, has been hesitant to take small steps, I believe, because there are those who don't want small, small steps to be taken. Whenever we get together an idea that seems to cross partisan divide, et cetera, et cetera, for some reason, somebody seems to derail that. We've got to be wise enough uh, to handle that. Let me give you kind of a funny uh, anecdote that will make the point. Jim Gaffigan, you know the comedian, right, Pete? Oh, yes. All right. Well, Jim Gaffigan said this recently. I thought it was so funny. I brought it to the to the airwaves here. When I die, they are going to discover that I've had COVID my whole life. That explains why I'm tired all the time. <laughs> uh, that explanation might help us you... understand currencies because they're about to add insult to injury. I'll tell you about the IRS in seconds, ladies and gentlemen, with Pete Sepp, president of NTU.org on your radio. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, 
Quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. For decades, leftist, liberal, socialists, and feminists have been screaming and crying, my body, my choice, in order to justify the premeditated murder of innocent children in the womb. However, this is a fallacious argument since science has proven and demonstrated that the baby has a separate set of DNA from the mother. If it's not your DNA, it's not your body. That is science, and you should trust the science. Remarkably, the same people who have been claiming my body, my choice for decades now want to force you to inject foreign substances into your body against your will. Obviously, they never cared about my body, my choice. They just wanted to control you and have permission to kill babies. I am Ammon Bundy, and when you elect me governor of Idaho, I will sign an executive order on day one of my governorship prohibiting abortion in the state of Idaho because premeditated murder of the innocent should never be legal anywhere in the world, especially Idaho. Paid for by Ammon Bundy for governor. VoteBundy.com. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Andrew Wilford with NTU.org wrote an incredible article that I think relates. This is adding insult to injury right now. The economy is already struggling. Inflation, stagflation, uh, threats of increased interest rates, threats of job loss. Uh, the economy just absolutely spiraling out of control. But now already the IRS miscues are making a, quote, complicated tax filing season much more complicated uh, is the idea here. Uh, this is going to be a big problem because people have been depending on the stimulus checks. Not that I advocate for them. I'm just telling you. Uh, people have been now they're hoping to get their tax return uh, to help them through this difficult time of increased grocery bills and et cetera, et cetera. Now the IRS already warning, hey, it's going to be tough for you as you file. You probably won't get money back uh, quickly. Uh, at all this is serious pete yeah it certainly is uh, unfortunately this will be the third the third tax filing season affected by the covid 19 pandemic and one of the things that uh, the pandemic has affected of course is irs staffing the fact is that even three years three filing seasons now that have been affected the IRS still does not have full staffing uh, worked out where they can actually be in offices to process tax returns on a timely basis, to answer taxpayer questions, to have all the information they need at hand in a secure environment to assist taxpayers with complying with the law. And so there are all kinds of cascading problems here. We have six million unprocessed tax returns from last year, millions of people waiting on refunds of their own money who have been doing so for six months, even longer. Well, sure, the IRS pays interest on delayed refunds after a certain point when you file, 
but there's inflation out there, which is running about twice as high as the interest rates that the IRS pays you. And how long are people who are desperate for that $1,000, $2,000 to pay some bills, how long do they have to wait? You've also got problems with collection due process, people getting notices from the IRS that they owe taxes, and they have 20, 30 days to respond to that notice after they get it in the mail, and they can't get anyone on the phone at the IRS to explain the problem as to why uh, the government might be mistaken. Uh, how is that due process? And now we have a problem with the advanced child tax credit. The IRS has apparently sent out several hundred thousand notices to people uh, who claim the advanced child tax credit with the wrong amounts to put on their returns when they file them uh, now between now and uh, April 15th. So the IRS is not only having to make up for backlogs from the past two tax filing seasons affected by COVID, they're heading into a new one already behind the eight ball. Uh, this is a major meltdown of the tax system, something that I have not seen in my 32, no, 33 years now in Washington, D.C. In fact, you'd have to go back about 40 years to a tax filing season in 1984-85 to see this kind of breakdown in the IRS's tax filing machinery. It's a real problem. Now, to add insult to injury, though, on top of all this, and why they're doing this, I just don't know, but now the IRS says they're going to have a third-party verification system. Uh, it's called ID.me that they're going to partner with, and you got to basically create a digital selfie uh, that you put online with your other, quote, government-approved documents that allow you to log in, you won't be able to access your tax records or IRS website information without it. So they're literally now forcing you to do that by this summer, they say, as, as well, Pete. Yes. Now, I don't know if the IRS can actually meet that goal. Um, IBME is a, a private sector service. They seem to have their act together, but whether the government can effectively interface with a service like that, that's a big question. But an even bigger question is uh, what will the IRS do to protect the confidentiality of information um, that you might have to put into IDME to verify yourself? You know, ID theft and uh, fraudulent returns, uh, and refunds as well as uh, fraudulent uh, tax records that get created when uh, IRS and other government databases get hacked, that's a real problem. They need to work on ID theft. Unfortunately, this system, um, which may help, uh, still has the IRS involved in it, which in itself has weak security protections. There was a major data breach at the IRS just a couple of years ago in which tax records were compromised by the hundreds of thousands. And the IRS shares tax information with many other federal agencies. What's going to happen if some of the sensitive data that you use to verify your own identity with the IRS gets in the hands of other agencies that have weak security protocols. We may see multiple problems with ID theft uh, getting bigger 
not smaller. <laughs> That's because of the introduction of this system. Will there be any liability? Right now, it's illegal for them to breach information. Now, I know they would claim they couldn't help it. They got hacked. But the way that you help it is you don't gather more and more and more personal information that you don't need to get hacked in the first place. Yeah, that's right. And I think that the ID theft problem is a genuine one. Uh, this was one solution proposed to it that might have some merit. We need to move cautiously here. We need to investigate all kinds of alternatives that will protect information that taxpayers give first. And the IRS, quite frankly, needs to get a handle on many other problems at the same time, simply things like answering the telephone in less than an hour with an answer to a question instead of, we don't know, or talk to your tax advisor. They need to be able to respond to taxpayer inquiries when taxpayers get notices from the government that they owe tax. A citizen needs to be able to reach someone and say, wait a minute, I don't think I do, and here's why. And the clock should not be ticking on the taxpayer to respond within 15 or 30 days to a government notice when they can't reach anybody in the government. That's All just right, illogical. Do you, uh, do you think that we're going to have some way to mitigate some of this? I mean, are they going to come to the table and make some uh, concessions to, to, to bring things back on track, or are we just going to be in another jam yes. at every turn? Yes, we, we are already working not only within the U.S. Treasury, but with members of Congress to enact immediate relief from some of the penalties that are accruing on taxpayers through no fault of their own when they can't get through to the IRS. We believe that uh, the new identification system needs to be studied carefully and implemented carefully. We believe that uh, there's going to have to be um, additional shifting of resources within the IRS to get through this tax filing season. They're putting way too much money into hiring more attorneys to go after taxpayers when they need to be hiring more customer service people to clear these backlogs. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a road to hoe. <laughs> That's why I started out the broadcast saying, now that we got our feet on the ground, now that we're past all the holidays, it's time to roll up your sleeves, people, and get involved and go to work at every level of government to create accountability, to mitigate uh, turmoil and, and confusion and disruptions uh, everywhere. I'm not trying to be negative, but I'm telling you, we got a lot of work to do. I think it starts with going to NTU.org, too, though, because NTU rates Congress. You can see where your member of Congress stands on a lot of these issues and how they relate to taxpayers, and if they're a taxpayer friend or foe, if you will. Uh, NTU.org rates Congress. You put in your congressman, click go, or senator, go, and, and you get basically back a reality check. Right, Pete? Absolutely. And it's based on every single roll call vote affecting taxpayers, tax votes, spending votes, regulatory votes. If they're doing something that might affect the taxpayers bottom line, we include the vote and we assign weights to each vote as well. So the percentage score you're going to see for your member of Congress is a very comprehensive look at how they vote and whether they vote in your interest as a taxpayer or not. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. There's a lot going on. There's things that you can get involved in, incredible information on their website and more. 
Pete Sepp, my friend, I know that you got to fly here, but thank you so much for all the work you do and for keeping us up to date as you've done for literally decades on the radio. Uh, and people like you and the work that you do give us all hope, sir. Well, thank you. And all of your listeners give me hope as well as you, Sam. God bless. Thank you, sir. There he goes. Pete Sepp doing a phenomenal job. NTU.org. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. The Pope calls for peace. The Russians have long-term security demands. Ukraine has already lost some of its eastern territory to Russian mercenaries. That has been ongoing for years with an estimated 14,000 souls lost. Pope Francis on Wednesday led a day of prayer for peace in Ukraine, calling for dialogue to prevail over partisan interests to resolve the standoff. The cost of money for banks could be going up soon. Jay Powell, the 16th chair of the Federal Reserve, says right now the Reserve's goal is price stability during historic inflation. We're committed to our price stability goal. We will use our tools both to support the economy and a strong labor market, and to prevent higher inflation from becoming entrenched. Powell says once the pandemic dissipates, our economy will flourish. If the wave passes quickly, the economic effects should as well, and we would see a return to strong growth. USA Radio News. You need an accurate thermometer to check for fever, a potential sign of flu or COVID. Be vigilant and contact your medical provider at the first sign of fever. Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Exergen Temporal Scanners are available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. Save on your next oil change when you purchase five parts of Pennzoil High Mileage Motor Oil and a MicroGuard filter for the price of Pennzoil Conventional, now $26.99. Extend the life of your vehicle and save big with Pennzoil Oil and Filter Specials at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Plus, earn double O rewards points on this purchase. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. A Supreme Court justice seat will soon become vacant. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer is reportedly calling it quits at the end of this term. The 83-year-old has been on the court for nearly 28 years and is described as a pragmatic liberal. As far as what we can expect in a confirmation hearing, Garrett Gentry is a former advisor to Neil Gorsuch. I think what you're going to see here is this is a long, grueling process. You'll have Republicans who will have to figure out Obviously, we'll have to see who the nominee is, but I think figuring out who the nominee is and, and figuring out what those attacks are on that nominee and trying to stonewall it, because this nominee, whoever it is, when they get confirmed, could be on the bench for two, three decades ruling on some of the big issues of the day from uh, the Second Amendment uh, all the way down to abortion. So this certainly is going to set up a big battle going into the midterms. That audio courtesy of Fox News from the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. USA Radio News. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. 
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Our next guest riding shotgun on the show today, Matthew Vadum. He's the courts and justice reporter for the Epoch Times, theepochtimes.com. Now, Matthew, before joining the Epoch Times, where he covers the Supreme Court and legal matters, was a senior executive uh, as a senior executive at a think tank in Washington, D.C. Now, he's an award-winning investigative reporter and a recognized expert in left-wing activism. Best of all, he's the author of a book called Subversion, Inc. Wow. How Obama's acorn red shirts are still terrorizing and ripping off American taxpayers. Wow. Matthew, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Hey, good to be here. Hope you're well. We're doing fantastic. So let's talk quickly about your book real quick, and then we'll move into the topic at hand. But your book sounds so fascinating. Uh, and it, what I like about it is it doesn't pull any punches. It tears it up. Well, yeah, that Subversion, Inc., uh, which came out a few years ago, is about um, uh, then-President uh, Barack Obama and his connection to ACORN, the Association of Community Organizations for Reform Now, which is, uh, well, an evil organization that's now dead, thanks to the efforts of uh, James O'Keefe, now of Project Veritas, and Hannah Giles, who, um, who uh, did undercover videos in which ACORN intake workers were um, condoning all sorts of crimes like prostitution and uh, tax evasion and so on. And these videos got out there uh, and, uh, and helped to destroy ACORN. It was a beautiful thing, and I was proud uh, and, uh, and very satisfied to, in some small way, be connected to that. But the book looks at um, Saul Alinsky, the modern um, guru of community organizing, um, who believed that the ends always that the uh, ends always justify the means. Very Machiavellian, I guess you could say, and who has whose ideas have been embraced by Democrats uh, uh, everywhere in the United States. Uh, and so they love it when a crisis comes along, because, like COVID, for example, that uh, that gives them an opportunity to to uh, enact changes because uh, uh, they never want to let a crisis go to waste. As Rahm Emanuel said uh, when he was uh, Obama's chief of staff, I think. So that that's what the book is about. Oak Acorn, as you know, is is no more, uh, but they. They, they splintered up into a whole bunch of different um, organizations. Uh, you've got one in Massachusetts called New England United for Justice, one in New York called New York Communities for Change. There's one in Texas, Texas Organizing Project. And, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of other uh, smaller ones um, uh, across the country. In California, there's... Uh, uh, there's one in the acronym, what it stands for escapes me. It's about community empowerment. Uh, but, but remember this, though, Matthew, and here's the takeaway that I think y y you want people to understand here is this. Um, Acorn is no more by name, but yet the acorns don't fall too far from the tree. So now there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them, and, and they're kind of thinking. They're kind of Solomonsky, in-your-face activism um, is – 
has now been incorporated into the thought process processes of the modern Democrat. So uh, in in many ways they lost, but they still won. So I guess that's one way of looking at it. And their ideas are are dominant, and um, they they you know they run they run the Democratic Party. And uh, now we're starting to see all sorts of other things that I'm sure they're going to be involved in. I don't know if they're involved in critical race theory yet, but um, give these ACORN uh, successor groups um, some time and they'll figure out a way to make money off of it. Well, the other interesting thing that is worthy uh, of note, um, you know, Barack Obama promised an army in 2008 uh, and really the ACORN organization, ultimate organizing organization, uh, is no more, but the fruit doesn't fall too far from the tree, if you will. Uh, what we're really seeing now is this army proliferated through so many groups, you can't even keep track of them anymore. Well, yeah. Uh, right now, most of it is uh, is being run through um, black the Black Lives Matter movement, which some have likened to a terrorist organization. Um and you know Antifa helps, but the real driving force it helps in this effort to sow un- uh, instability in the United States and to bring about change that most people don't want. But it's it's mostly Black Lives Matter, and there is some overlap between the Acorn um, uh, days and Black Lives Matter, and it's it's the same sort of people who are are running Black Lives Matter nowadays as who used to run. Uh, Acorn, and uh, they have been spectacularly successful so far in shaking down corporations and uh, and getting millions of dollars uh, to support their their cause. Um, and the death uh, of Lloyd of George um, uh, Floyd in uh, Minneapolis was a huge was the best thing that could have ever happened to them. It gave them a huge boost in terms of recognition and uh, fundraising so on. And now the Black Lives Matter movement uh, has more money than it really knows what to do with. So these are the same sorts of people, even though, you know, they're not all from ACORN, but it's the same sort of same sort of thinking. And they take it a step further. They're a lot more violent than ACORN was. ACORN, with, you know, was largely... Uh, you know, sit-ins and banks, and uh, you know, occasionally breaking down doors at uh, at public meetings and knocking the furniture around. But Black Lives Matter, as we as the country witnessed two summers uh, in the summer of 2020, uh, is extremely violent and uh, uh, much more than Acorn ever was. So it's sort of like Acorn, but a step beyond. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. And to make the point, you know, this Barack Obama uh, and some of these um, leaders' ties to socialism uh, and communism is beyond imagination. Headline now says VP Kamala Harris plans to attend the inauguration of Honduran president-elect Zayamara Castro, a socialist with anti-Semitic ties. Uh, She's literally going to be attending this thing, ladies and gentlemen. Shocking, if you will, Matthew. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's shocking if you study Kamala Harris, who who is was 
It's shocking uh, only because the mainstream press is even willing to report on it as opposed to uh, just let her be missing in action and somehow cover it up or whatever. They're literally reporting right. this. They used to hide their socialism and communism ties and agendas. Now they're in your face about it is the point. Well, yeah, now the this stuff is on the front page of the New York Times um, disguised as news when really it's just, it's just opinion, it's political propaganda. But anybody who's been following Kamala Harris knows that she was uh, long ago Barack Obama's preferred um, candidate uh, for the White House. And uh, I wonder if anyone could have predicted that she would suck so bad as vice president and be so unpopular and just, you know, have turned uh, that she would turn into such a gaff machine uh, with her with her, you know, crazy, diabolical almost um, laugh. That, that is extremely off-putting and that comes out at the most inappropriate times. Um, she's, she's well, we even striking. saw that. We even she's saw that in the debates person. on the campaign trail, right? Yeah, we did. But now we see more of it because she's vice president and she's historic, supposedly, because she's the first woman vice president and she's the first black vice president, according to some, although by the standards of the left, she's not actually black because um, she's not slave blood. In fact, I think she's descended from slave owners. Uh, and and, she, and she's, you know, East Indian as well. Um, so, and, and, would, and was brought up largely in Canada. So uh, how exactly she's black, according to the left's definition, um, you know, it's not really clear to me why they think that, but that's that's their tradition. And that, you know, if you're not, if you don't come from a certain background, you're not authentically black. And so she's not authentically black, but because she's in power, the, the black left leftists have tended to ignore that fact. Speaking so, of anyway, blacks, that's, that's their inside baseball. We don't have to be too worried about it. Speaking of blacks, ladies and gentlemen, and how people get certain uh, designations and certain standards and certain acceptabilities of what you choose to be or not to be or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Matthew, ladies and gentlemen, is going to talk to us about what's going on in the courts right now. Okay? Matthew Vadum with us, ladies and gentlemen. Epic Times reporter. And uh, we're going to talk about the courts and what's happening. What is it, Harvard? Yeah, we'll talk about it in seconds with Matthew on your radio. Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, 
breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Decades after Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden picked up where he left off. With America surrendering to terrorists, Biden's foolish spending is causing inflation, which means more pain at the pump, higher prices on groceries, devaluing your retirement savings when you need it most. Once was a mistake, twice is a disaster. America needs strong leaders, not weak ones. Save America JFC is responsible for the content of this advertising. Happy to be live, ladies and gentlemen. Matthew Vadum with us, award-winning investigative reporter with the Epoch Times, courts and justice reporter, if you will. Speaking of the courts, the Supreme Court on Monday agreed to hear a pair of cases challenging the consideration of race in college admission processes. And uh, you got the University of North Carolina, and you've got what Harvard uh, in the mix, uh, Matthew. Uh, this is significant. Yeah. This is significant that it would get to this level, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's been a while. It's been a few years since the Supreme Court last took an affirmative action case, and the fact that there's now a conservative supermajority on the court of of six to three. Not you know, not that all of the six are conservative, but compared to the liberals, they're conservative. Um, the fact that they've decided to take this up suggests that they may be, it implies at least to me, that they may be willing to do something. It may be time to kill off um, affirmative action. Uh, after all, you may remember that in a 2003 ruling called Grutter versus Bollinger, then Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor wrote, we expect that 25 years from now, the use of racial preferences will no longer be necessary to further the interest approved today. Um, and that, that race conscious admissions decisions at schools were dangerous and a deviation from the norm of equal treatment. These programs must be limited in time, she said, and all governmental use of race race must have a logical end point. So she said 25 years from now, that was 2003. Uh, so that would be 2028. So maybe we're six years ahead, ahead of schedule. Maybe the court is is finally prepared to kill um, affirmative action. Uh, uh, or, you know, they may do, do something, may do something cute, like Chief Justice John Roberts likes to do. And, and just you know, cur curb it a little bit and write some narrowly applied uh, ruling that doesn't affect everything else. But it, w it would seem to me that now would be now would be the time for them to consider um, jettisoning affirmative action uh, once and for all, because it is um, it is racial discrimination, period. And, you know, some people call it reverse discrimination, but I don't see why they need to put that prefix of reverse there in the phrase. It's just discrimination outright. It's a mandate that, uh, or it's a requirement that people be 
treated differently based on the color of their skin. And uh, you're not supposed to, we're not supposed to do that in America. And yet it's been tolerated in, uh, in the admission process to colleges uh, for many years. So maybe, maybe the process is about to breathe its last uh, 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 breath. breath. We'll see soon enough. Well, we can only hope so. And I challenge the court's um, authority uh, to engender racism in the first place. Uh, I think it was wrongheaded to start in the beginning. I think racism was wrong in the beginning, its origins. I think the uh, court's adding insult to injury needs to stop. The interesting thing about this um, against the University of North Carolina and Harvard, both in this case, the interesting twist to me is this is about Asians primarily, right? Uh, well, largely, yeah. A lot of the, the affirmative action cases that are brought nowadays are brought by um, Asian Americans, and they are uh, pretty actively, uh, sometimes explicitly, uh, discriminated against in the college ad- admission process um, they, I, I, because they so many of them qualify. <laughs> I mean, they're really they're really uh, good at. Um, scoring well on exams and, and uh, doing a good job in school. And a lot of them get accepted into uh, qualify for ad- admission to um, uh, the nation's colleges and universities. And uh, some people think that's bad and they want to curb that. So um, they're discriminating against Asian Americans. They're discriminating against white Americans, uh, all to benefit um their preferred groups, um, black Americans, uh, Latino Americans, probably native Indian Americans, uh, and so on. Um, and this, you know, this, this is, this whole mess has got to end one day. And, uh, maybe now is the time they're going to end it. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy that in the year 2022, uh, we are still, uh, using, skin color, race, as a factor uh, in college admissions. It doesn't make any sense to me, and I think it doesn't make any sense to most people. What I don't understand is, if the, if why do we need the courts to end it? You know what? Nor, um, uh, the uh, University of North Carolina and, and Harvard, they could stop this right now and say, hey, uh, you know, whether we agree with the past or not, the fact is there's equity now. We're going to look at everybody on their own merits. Uh, we're going to go ahead and, and, and double down on this because that's the right thing to do. Um, I mean, I appreciate that we got to go to the courts for this, and I appreciate the history of the courts on this and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but really, I mean, shouldn't we be doing the right thing for the right thing and not need to go to court over this? Oh, y- your problem here is that you're a rational thinking person. So you're not going to get too far yeah, good point. Uh, in, 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 in the the world of, uh, of politics and law, I suspect uh, that would be totally reasonable, but they're not going to do it. And that's why they have to, that's why the um, aggrieved parties have to go to court to try to get this, uh, this issue dealt with because the colleges are, are not going to give it up on their own. Um, and they're going to have to be forced to, uh, they're going to have to be forced to give up this preferential policy that these racial favors, these racial colleges are going to be forced to to not be racist, right? 
Yeah. They'll be forced to not be racist. Yeah, that's what's going right. to happen. Very interesting, very interesting twist in America. Now, I've got some concerns, though. You know, we hope the courts do the right thing on this, obviously. Uh, you're tracking it in detail. But let me tell you my experience. My experience is there's a couple of, I don't know what you want to call it, left-leaning judges that feign right-leaning. Uh, and oftentimes they betray us at the most critical times. Do you expect Every day, courts- actually. Uh, agreed. So do you expect the courts to tell the truth on this and, and, and be truth tellers and stand for what's right, reasonable and appropriate? Or do you think they're, they're going to betray us? This is just kind of an opinion, I guess. Right. I, I, yeah, I, well, yeah, I cannot look into I don't have a crystal ball and time travel hasn't been invented yet. So uh, I can't look, you know, look into the future and tell you what's going to happen. Uh, it would be nice if the Supreme Court were to outlaw affirmative action in college admissions. Uh, I don't know whether they're going to do so, but I think there's definitely cause for optimism because the the current Supreme Court, uh, you know, is willing is willing to shake things up, and they've they've shown a willingness um, to do the right thing. You know, they've been really slow and uh, uh, and reluctant in some areas, but in in some issues. They've been willing to to get out in front, um, like particularly striking down uh, a couple of weeks ago, striking down President Biden's uh, mandate that private sector employees get vaccinated against uh, COVID-19, or as we at the Epic Times call it, the CCP virus, the Chinese Communist Party virus, because it comes from Wuhan, China. And, you know, the Supreme Court struck that down and so that was uh, that gave a lot of people hope that um the supreme court is is going to do the right thing i cannot imagine a few year, years ago the supreme court striking down such a thing if it had happened um but now there's enough you know rational conservative judge justices on the supreme court that they were able to make it happen and, all right uh, let's go into this with hope, I, I think we should be happy about that Amen. Let's go into this with hope, ladies and gentlemen. So do we have to wait till June to get the answer? Yeah, um, later than June, probably. <laughs> I, 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 don't, they, I don't think they've been scheduled. The, the search, as they call it, was just granted. The court just agreed a few days ago to, to hear the cases. So I don't think the oral arguments have even been scheduled yet. So I don't imagine that this is going to happen by june i think you're you're looking at something maybe by the end of the calendar year so that that be it might be a more realistic um timetable all right is there anything else we ought to know about this anything we can do to help the truth come out anything we can do to help the, them do the right thing what can we do here well read my stuff at the epic times <laughs> um uh and uh just be you know be be careful in, in the media that you consume because there's a lot of media outlets out there that that don't play it straight and that, that don't want to tell you the truth, that want to um, cover for uh, cover for, for specific interests. And and uh, you have to avoid those media outlets that, that try to do that. And uh, at the Epic Times, I don't want it to sound like a commercial, we – 
we try to do things fairly. We try to be honest and balanced in the way that we we uh, report. And you just you just uh, got to keep relying on reliable people and uh, and sources. And and when that happens, and, and liberals staying, staying well informed and and not being overly trusting. Feel free to be skeptical about things. Liberals lose their minds when you're fair and balanced and open and honest, ladies and gentlemen. TheEpicTimes.com doing a great job. Uh, Matthew uh, is with us talking about the Supreme Court willing to take on uh, this effort by Asian Americans uh, to say, hey, you can't have these unfair racial agendas preventing us uh, from going to college, setting the stacks, stacks against us. Uh, it's interesting that it's a, it's a debate about race, but whites aren't even really in the mix on this one. Uh, but yet it's still an affirmative action agenda that is wrongheaded, should never be in America in the first place. And what you can do, my fellow Americans, is, as Matthew says, point to the right media. But you can also pray hard that the Supreme Court justices do the right thing on this. It's time to leave race in the rearview mirror. It's time to judge people on the content of their character. It's time for transparency and accountability, Matthew. I couldn't have said it better. All right. Any final thoughts? What are you going to be working on besides this coming up in the Epic Times for us to watch? Oh, Supreme Court reactions to recent decisions like uh, like the decision to hear the affirmative action case, like uh, the Supreme Court's decision to hear uh, the waters of the United review the waters of the United States rule, which you know, if somebody finds a pond on your property, then the EPA can claim it's a regulated wetland. Um, things like that, I, I'm going to be writing about. Ladies and gentlemen, he'll be doing a great job. Uh, all I can tell you is there's a lot to keep an eye on, and the pro-life one is key too. Watch the Epic Times and watch Matthew and his columns. Uh, and it, what's going on there. That's where you'll get the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. All right, there he goes, ladies and gentlemen, doing a great job for the Epic Times. Look for his columns. Check it out. To all of you, we declare this nation shall endure. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net, spread the word. We declare we the people can make a difference. God save the republic.